Hi there. Thanks for tuning into our very first episode of Exit This Way. We're so happy to have you here. I'm your host, Michael Desiato. Each month, we'll dive right into the world of exit planning. We'll be chatting with top industry experts and advisors in various fields, and we can't wait to share these conversations with you. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or investor who wants to strategically exit your business or investment venture, then you've come to the right place. According to a recent PricewaterhouseCoopers study, 75% of business owners regret exiting their companies within one year. Why, you may ask? It's because they weren't exit ready. It's my personal goal to change this outcome and help people exit their businesses successfully and with a clear vision for your life once you leave. And we're starting right here with this podcast series. So strap on in and get comfortable. Our first guest is Christopher Snyder. Today, I am honored and privileged to have as my inaugural guest, one of the leading voices and thought leaders in the exit planning world, Mr. Christopher Snyder. Chris is the CEO of the Exit Planning Institute, widely considered the standard trendsetter in the field of exit planning across the globe. It is the only organization that offers the Certified Exit Planning Advisor Program, the SEPA program, and it's the most widely endorsed exit planning program in the world. In addition, Chris is a serial entrepreneur, a family business owner, a value creator and strategist, and also the managing partner of his firm, Snyder Premier Growth. And if that wasn't enough, in his spare time, Chris is also an award-winning author and his book, Walking to Destiny, is a must read for anyone who practices in the exit planning area. And today our topic is going to be exit planning is not what you think. So with that said, welcome, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Okay, so let's just get right into it. I was telling you before we got on the podcast today that I've been working in public accounting for over 40 years now. And in my experience, I've dealt with a lot of mid-sized business owners. And most of them have what I would call a good lifestyle business, meaning that they produce great incomes for their owners. But if something were to happen to the owner, the business would just fall apart or just either go out of business or disappear forever. So talk to us a little bit about how good exit planning could change that outcome. Yeah. So if you've been doing this for 40 years, we got to be about the same age, right? Because uh, I've been doing it for 41. So this idea of lifestyle versus value creator business owner, this in my new book that's coming out is a core theme. It's one of the first things I start out talking about. A lifestyle business owner, just like you described it, may have decent income, a successful business, the problem that a lifestyle business owner has is they're not going to be able to extract the wealth out of it. They can't unlock that wealth because the business may be attractive, but it's not ready to transition. This is a key concept we try to teach the difference between attractiveness and readiness for all the owners that are listening. You might have a business that is attractive, but is it ready? And are you ready to transition? Value creators have some common themes. One of it is their businesses are attractive. They tend to be the best in class businesses in a market. They outperform lifestyle businesses. They make more money. They have higher growth rates and they have the opportunity to unlock the wealth of the business. Normally they can create multiple exit options for themselves, not just one. And when an owner has options, that's really a good thing. You could do a family, you could sell to a third party. You could do an ESOP. You give yourself all these different options that 
might not be open to you if you don't have a value creator business. Yes, and that's very true. And I always tell my clients, my goal is to make them exit ready, always be exit ready. Because being exit ready also, as you point out, gives them a whole bunch of opportunities and opens up their options. So that puts them in the best possible place. I just recently read the Exit Planning Institute's very recent, I think it was 2021, or maybe it's 22, their report on the state of the business ownership market. We usually do a report almost every year. We have at okay. least one, if not two. We've done, I think, 10 or 12 okay. over the last 10 years. So the one that I recently read, I think it was 21, could be indicated that we're in the midst of an unprecedented generational transfer of wealth, often called, and I'm touching my hair as I say this, the silver tsunami, okay, where 40% of business owners are about to and want to exit their companies in the next five years. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you found in that survey and what some of the trends were and what it means to business owners and air advisors. This is one of the interesting things when you talk to business owners. I actually thought about in some of my presentations, cutting back on spending time on the state of owner readiness statistics and focusing more on the process for growing your business and extracting its wealth. But the feedback I get from business owners is that's what they're most interested in is these statistics because they're always trying to see how do I fit into the context of all these other business owners? Because that is a challenge, supply and demand. One of the things I think that's really interesting over the last 10 years, there's some key market dynamics that have changed. And I think as a business owner, you need to step back and say, okay, understanding these dynamics, how does this fit for me? So let's just talk about the first half. How has the market changed over the last 10 years? 10 years ago, two thirds of the privately held businesses were owned by baby boomers, people like you and I. Yes. And the reason that's significant, the value of private businesses in the marketplace today is roughly $18.7 trillion. So if you look at that and you say two thirds of those are owned by baby boomers, that would be $12 trillion, right? Think about the significance of that number. It's huge. And it's wealth that's locked in the businesses. The challenge we've been trying to address is that historically only 20 to 30% of business owners are able to unlock that wealth. Meaning if you were 10 years ago, if you're looking at 12 trillion, right? Just with baby boomers and only 20%, let's say 25, cause it's easier math can unlock the wealth. That means 3 trillion of that's going to get unlocked and 9 trillion will not. It literally goes liquidation or just literally shuts down. That's what became my passion is that's just a tragedy right. that someone would work their whole life and not be able to extract the wealth that they built into their business. Now, how has the market changed? Today, baby boomers only own 51% of the privately held businesses. Now, that still happens to be almost $10 trillion, right? So a lot that's of still a lot of money. I estimate about 1 million businesses have transitioned from the baby boomers to the next generation. The average baby boomer today is 69 years old. Now think about that. Within the next 10 years, the average boomer is going to be 79 years old and the youngest is going to be 69 years old. They own 3 million of the 6 million privately held businesses valued at almost $10 trillion. As much as baby boomers, including myself, 
and you're going to get me on this. We identify with our businesses. We don't want to let them go, but we're human, you know, mortal, like, and we're going to have to face the music here that we just don't have it anymore. We've got to change it now. So I see an increase in the rate of transitions of baby boomer businesses, right? So it's going to be way more than a million over the next 10 years. But here's the more important dynamic I think we have in the market right now. 49% now are owned by someone other than a baby boomer. And most of those are Gen Xers. Some of them are millennials, but most of those are Gen Xers. And the reason that's significant is that Gen Xers have a whole different social and economic value system than baby boomers. For example, they don't see their business as their whole life. Gen Xers want to live a more holistic life and they see their business as just another aspect of their life and part of who they are. They're telling us they don't want to hold their businesses. They want to exit at 55. The average Gen Xer right now is 50 years old. In the next 10 years, we're going to cross over to 60. So what do you think is going to happen with the Gen Xers who own most of those other 3 million privately held businesses? And they want to use their business, extract the wealth, and build a better life for themselves and their families. So I see the rate of Gen Xer businesses increasing in the marketplace as well. We've been talking about the tsunami of exits driven by baby boomers. It's not just driven by baby boomers anymore. And I also think that's significant because boomers have been driving social and economic values since 1946. Think about how long ago that is. And they're not in the driver's seat anymore. You've got this next generation coming up. Their social values, their economic values are taking over and they're beginning to get into a position where they're driving the bus. And so that's also, I think, from one, from a business owner standpoint, think about what that means. A flood of business coming to market, do your just basic economics, supply, demand. The buyers are going to have more of a choice in the future. The other thing is from a Gen Xer standpoint, they're more educated. They're more interested in exit planning. If they're doing it right, they're going to have a better rate of being able to harvest the wealth and they're going to be able to put that wealth to work, not just economically, but for social purposes as well. Very interesting stuff there. So, you know, when I originally talked to you about this, I said, this looks like a foreshadowing of a lot of danger. But yeah. I guess in a way though, there's a lot of opportunity as well. So some people look at things as being dangerous and some people look, see the opportunity in it. Let's talk about the opportunity because I think I hear you saying, and I agree with you, is that there's going to be a flood of companies coming onto the market. And I think it's our responsibility as good exit planners to make sure that our clients are coming out as grade A businesses to make sure they're going to be looked at and they're going to be picked above the B and C class type of businesses. Correct. So what kind of, as far as the business owners themselves are concerned though, I think there has to be a change in some of their thinking and some of the ways they look at things and some of their paradigms. So talk to us a little bit about what you think is necessary for a business owner and of course, his or her advisors, what kind of paradigm shift do you think has to happen for them to really take advantage of this situation? So here's, again, let's run some numbers. Owners always like lots of numbers, right? In addition to this supply of businesses that I would expect coming to market, there's also the last number I saw was $3 trillion of what they call dry powered. These are, this is money that's sitting with private equity companies, strategic buyers who want to buy good businesses. The problem that they've had, even though they've had this money 
there's not enough good businesses coming to market. So today, even the market's a little tentative right now with everything going on. And by the way, 2021 was a record year in the M&A market. It's down a little bit now, but the A businesses are still going and they're getting these unbelievable multiples. So if you have an A business, man, it's still a good, and it will always be a good time for you to exit. That's why you have options. A B business is a little bit more of a challenge right now. Some of them will go, but they may have to take a haircut to go, or they may have to take some changes in terms and things like that, but they could still go if they're positioned right. C businesses probably forget about it, right? They're not going to, they don't have to invest those because there's a, they're looking for those primarily B businesses, what they're looking for, where they have some upside. They're looking for those A businesses as well. You got all that dry powder on the sideline looking for good businesses now. And the problem historically is that there just aren't enough. This is where exit planning comes in and the paradigm shifts come in. Business owners need to understand selling a business is going to be the biggest challenge that you've had, at least your biggest business challenge you've ever had in your life. Maybe even I'd go far as say the biggest personal challenge you've ever had in your whole life. The problem is they drastically underestimate how difficult it is. Remember only two to three out of 10 make it. It's because it's hard. And if you, it's not like selling a house or selling a car or even selling real estate. Right. This is a complicated, time-consuming, expensive, multi-year process to do it right. And this is why some of the paradigm shifts we're asking business owners to make, and I write about in Walk into Destiny, is one, exit strategy is nothing more than good business strategy. Stop thinking of it as something different than just good business. It's just good business surrounded with your personal and your financial goals as well, integrated in with that planning. You have to stop thinking it as something I'll do down the road when I'm ready to exit. It's going to be too late. You won't have enough time to get yourself ready. Now, I'm not saying you won't be able to exit, but you won't be able to exit at a premium. What we want our clients to do is exit at a premium, right? We want them to have options. So one is stop thinking it as separate. Just understand that the very things that you do to build a good business are the same things you do to build a good exit. Second big paradigm shift is exit planning is present tense. You don't make progress by focusing too far down the road. Integrate exit planning principles in the way you run your business every day and the way you run your life every day. And that's how, like you said, you're always ready, right? Because remember, 50% of owners are forced out probably at the worst time of their life due to death, disability, divorce. These things are real and about half the owners are forced out. Those are the owners that really get hit hard. And the third paradigm shift, I talk about 11 of them in my book. The third one I think it's important to point out is the focus on value, not income. And I know I always get pushed back. I get these looks from business owners when I talk about, they're like, what are you talking about? Who wouldn't focus on making more money? But what I want you to do is focus on increasing value because when you focus on value, you get more income. But if you focus on income, it goes back to this lifestyle value. If you focus on income, you don't necessarily get value. To get both, you focus on value first. And that sounds like a subtle play on words, but in reality, it's a major paradigm shift in the way you look at your business. Yeah, very true. And just to take off on that, to your last point though, and I've seen this in my career, right? People who focus on income, solely income, 
they will take shortcuts in terms of how much they'll spend to find good people. They'll yeah. take shortcuts in terms of not getting the best in technology and equipment. They'll shortcut a lot of things just to maximize that current income. At, at the same time, while they're doing that, they're destroying the value and the transferability of their That's company. The key. And so that your point is well taken. I, it's focusing on value. If you focus on value, income will come. And not only that, you'll build a more transferable business. If you think about it, and this is another thing, I think business owners do this intuitively, but they don't do it intentionally or deliberately. 80% of a premium business's value is tied to intangible assets, not tangible assets. And those intangible assets, I remember the four C's. So <laughs> let's discuss the four C's because you mentioned them. Right. Let's go with it. So you've got human, customer, structural, and social capitals. Correct. That represents 80% of a business's value. Correct. And it's not a hard asset. Knowledge is what powers value in a business. And it's capturing the knowledge that's powering your business, getting that into a way that it's transferable to someone else. Correct. What does someone want? Do they want your customers? Yeah, they want your customers. Do they want your equipment? Yeah, they want. What they really want is your secret sauce. Why does your business perform so much better than everybody? What are you doing? That's what they want. And it's usually because your people your relationships, your systems, processes, and your culture. And your culture. Right. And culture is all, oftentimes overlooked, but I think it's probably the most powerful of four, it four C's, but it's oftentimes overlooked. Let's talk a little bit now. I think you may have touched upon it because I know in the training and in your book, you spent a lot of time talking about this process you've created called the value acceleration methodology. And so I know it's outlined in your book and I've read it and I follow it. So talk to us a little bit about, is that what you're speaking of, or is that something in addition to what you're talking about, the valuation acceleration methodology? When I got into the market, you know, I started in exit planning in like 2006. I got my CBO in 2008, and it was really an eye-opener for me. This whole idea of the three legs of a stool and balancing personal financial business, that whole thing. So that was a real eye-opener for me. There were three things I felt we needed to do once I saw like the statistics of how poor owners are able to unlock the wealth in their businesses. There were three things I thought we had to do. We had to create better awareness. I could tell you from my clients and my experience working with business owners, I don't have to sell them anything. Once I educate them on concepts like the four C's, the methodology, the five stages, the three legs, they scratch their head and go, I can't believe I, this hasn't been on my radar. I cannot believe it. And so they don't have to be sold. Because they're like, I'm on board. Most of them, not everybody, but most are like, I'm on board with it. The other thing that was lacking was team collaboration. So what happens, a big frustration point for business owners is they talk to their CPA and they tell them one thing of how to do, what exit planning is, right? Their insurance provider, another. Their attorney, another. Their financial planner, another. The problem is all these different advisors that are involved in this all had what I call functional myopia. If you ask an insurance person what's exit planning, they'll say it's having the appropriate life insurance. If you ask a, a, a CPA, they're going to give you a different answer, financial plan or a different answer. Everybody's thinking within their own technical functional space. And exit planning is a multiplier. It's a holistic space. You have to think holistically. So we also felt in addition to awareness, teaching what exit planning really is, changing those paradigms, we had to build better team chemistry, better team play. In order to do that, we needed a process because everybody had their own process. So what I'm looking at is a very fragmented process. And I always say this, when 
we as advisors go to business owners to try to help them. And we make them more confused instead of less confused. We don't bring clarity. What does a business owner do? Usually the fault goes into the fault option, which is nothing. Exactly. They it's do the nothing. Fault option. Because they're looking at this saying, look, if you guys can't work together, then how are you going to help me do this? You got to work together first. So the first thing is the value acceleration methodology is a process that has very measurable deliverables. It steps you through step-by-step step how to do it. It creates this structure and this better team chemistry. So everybody understands their role, right? And it brings a little bit of structure to what is a very fragmented process. And for those who are listening, I would certainly, again, I said it before, Chris's book, Walking to Destiny, it's the valuation methodology is very well laid out there. And I really recommend that you pick it up and read it. It's a great read. And if anyone is doing any exit planning work, it's well worth your while to take a look at that. So we have a couple of minutes left, Chris, and I just wanted to ask you, they're here tonight to open up and to do the launch event for the Fort Lauderdale chapter of the EPI, the Exit Planning Institute. Congratulations. And, and yes, and we are glad to have you here and we have a, a big crowd coming to hear you, but tell me a little bit about, you started the first exit planning chapter in Cleveland. So tell me a little bit about what your motivation was to do that, and what your thought was. We refer to ourselves uh, as EPI Global, right? So what we needed was a common framework, but I don't believe there's one way to do this or there's one solution that fits everybody. So many different people involved. There's so many different personalities. You can't come up with one way to do this. So what I wanted to do through my methodology is create the framework that everybody could work within. At the same time, we manage that framework at EPI, but not every local market thinks or behaves or has the same types of owners. The owners you have in your market here in Fort Lauderdale, I could go so far as to guess, are probably not the same type of owners that are sitting in LA or the same type of owners that are necessarily sitting in Chicago or sitting in Phoenix, right? We have to have this global platform, but it needs to be implemented locally. It has to be embraced by the local advisors, the local business owners. And that's the purpose of the chapters to take this global platform and make it local, make it sensitive to the local community's needs and give back to the community. And the way we build this is from the ground up by having all these chapters around the country eating a similar drum, but still sensitive to the local community. And it's really, it's a ground roots campaign to change these outcomes for business owners and create these companies, what we call companies of significance, companies that are not only attractive, but they're always ready. And that's the role of the chapter. Hopefully we will at Fort Lauderdale continue the legacy you created and carry it on. Again, Chris, I'd like to thank you for your time today. It was very informative and very useful. I'm very happy to have you here. Glad to be Thank here. So Congratulations on your new chapter. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning into our inaugural episode of Exit This Way. We hope this conversation has inspired you to start reflecting on your own business journey and the importance of planning for your eventual exit. Hey, do us a quick favor. Please make sure you press subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts so you'll be reminded when we're back next month with another episode featuring more expert insights and real life stories to help guide you on your path to a successful exit. Until then, take care and exit this way.